listeners and welcome aboard costume station zero i'm bob mitch and i'm sitting here with the creators of villainous creations miss elizabeth barsick and Kristen smith thanks for being on thank you for having us yes so uh i started at the beginning what got you into cosplay and makeup um well i sort of dragged her into it after my friend at the time i owed a favor to and <laughs> that favor wound up being cosplay with me at this character for a convention for Otakon in Baltimore, which I'm not a huge anime fan, so mm-hmm. I wound up dressed in costumes. Like, actually, this is pretty fun. And a couple years down the road after college, we wound up doing the same thing for New York Comic Con, and I was like, oh, well, we're doing some interesting characters. Beth, you should go. You like this. You like Marvel. We should do Thor. So we decided on Thor characters, and then we just kind of ran with it. (laughs) Cue buying tickets to New York Comic Con and me sitting on my floor trying to throw a costume together in a month and Mm -hmm. managed to do it. And despite it being madness, I really, really liked it and wanted to do the madness again. It's uh, it's kind of a self-inflicted punishment, I Mm -hmm. think, that costumers do here. Um, So how long ago was that that this all started? Uh, That was... That was Comic Con... 2012. 2012, so two years ago at this point. All right. So, uh, so far out of the conventions you've been to, what has been your favorite event? Uh, I really like New York Comic Con, but having just gone to WonderCon, I actually really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. WonderCon was a lot of fun. Yeah. A little less crazy and big um, than New York Comic Con, but New York Comic Con has a special place in my heart since it was the first one. Sure. Had such a blast there. And we won the first year mm-hmm. for Best in Category, which was kind of neat. Oh, yeah. Nice. We won a fi- Marvel's official comic contest um, for Best Villains. So that was a really nice way to debut those costumes. And uh, what was there a prize involved that they gave you? The, or? You got a small stuff. You got a DVD. Yeah. yeah, I got like a DVD and some mm-hmm. comic books. And yeah, it was a nice surprise because we definitely went into it being like, we're not going to do anything. Let's just do it for fun. Mm-hmm. And ended up placing so that was really good experience we just threw those together way too quickly Mm -hmm. sewing in the floor for like three weeks yeah (laughs) and to some people uh three or four weeks is like oh my gosh that's all that time in the world and i know of course depending on the costume it's almost no time depending on where you're at with materials and your deadline and if you're having difficulty with something i've been there i understand um well that's cool i you know i've never been to new york comic-con i mean obviously i know san diego Mm comic-con and i was at WonderCon. i've done that now a few years uh, since they moved to anaheim Mm -hmm. and i love WonderCon. it is a lot of fun uh it's a lot like comic-con was about a decade or so ago um so you know i I, are you planning to go to san diego no not this year Mm -hmm. since it's sold out but i think we are planning to go 
to New York Comic Con again and mm-hmm. also to Stan Lee's Kamikaze. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kamikaze's cool too. Did you, now is New York Comic Con easier to get into? Does that sell out like San Diego? A little. Um, it does sell out, mm-hmm. uh, especially like the three day passes mm-hmm. or the four day passes. Um, mm-hmm. usually so, have two or three weeks though. Yeah. It's, it's easier to get into because it doesn't instantly sell out but it will sell out so you kind of have to keep an eye on tickets and make sure you jump on it when you can right i have it programmed in my Mm -hmm. phone when they go on sale but i like to be on top of this (laughs) yeah it's october it's in october and we're already looking at scheduling and making sure that we're not going to miss when tickets go on sale in a couple weeks is it uh three day four day uh it's four Four. days Mm -hmm. but we'll probably do three day since we have to fly out yeah No, I'm just actually really curious how it compares. I really want to talk to someone who's been to both because, you know, like, how does this stack up? I imagine it's less Hollywood, but it sounds like it's almost just as big an, of an event, like, in terms of, you said it's crazier, certainly, than WonderCon. So. It's definitely crazier oh, than WonderCon. Yeah. Bigger. Mm-hmm. Much, oh, much larger. Yeah. <laughs> much physically larger, more people, uh, more booths. Mm-hmm. Um bigger with like Hollywood wise. I don't think it's as Hollywood as San, San Diego, Diego is, but it, there's definitely a presence of the big media players right now. Right. They and actually split it into two conventions mm-hmm. this year and just had one that was more independent comics and smaller author events. Uh-huh. And what is those like a couple of weeks ago? I yeah. I forget what they were officially calling it, but yeah, they, I, I think they had a, a chance to split it into kind of the big media players right. and then the smaller comic people. Sure. Um, so they went for it, which I think is pretty cool. Now, uh, is it, um, I mean, what's the cosplay culture like there? Is it, is it like WonderCon? Is it, I mean, is it like, I don't know, have you, it sounds like you haven't been to DragonCon, but I'm sure you're aware of it. Uh, it sounds like DragonCon is like a costume Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. I haven't been, I have friends who've been. Uh, and it's three hotels, whereas New York Comic Con, I'm guessing, is Convention Center, probably kind of closer to San Diego, but just not as, I don't know. I'm just trying to get a gauge on it. Personally, I think WonderCon have more impressive cosplay and mm-hmm. more of a range um, mm-hmm. and more people mm-hmm. in cosplay, too. Um, so I thought that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. New York, though, you definitely have people like bringing their A-game and mm-hmm. really impressive pieces. Mm-hmm. So even though there's fewer cosplayers, you get some standouts that are really amazing. Like Transformers that actually mm-hmm. fold up or Iron Man armor that's automated and... I saw a really, really good Doctor Doom there the other day, who had, like, the other day, sorry, <laughs> last year, that had, like, fully articulated lighting built into his armor, and it was really, really, really cool. Hmm. Since that's a suit I would like to build at some point, I really dug what that guy was doing. Which which version of Doctor Doom, though? I haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. I like a couple of the different ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do need some love. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely do redeem him after the uh, the bad Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> or at least... I can't wear it myself. Yeah. <laughs> I need a very tall yeah. person. No, I was going to say there's ways to trick that. You shouldn't You shouldn't let necessarily casting stand in the way of something you want to do, especially when mm-hmm. you're covered head to toe. But I also understand <laughs> if you want to do it right, then sometimes you're like, ah, I love it, but you don't want to disrespect yeah the image of the character um so uh did now does this does this all come out of your i mean a lot of people i talk to uh the interest in costuming and making props it seems to come out of almost like a like a childhood kind of wish fulfillment sort of thing is that is that true with you did you grow up on a steady diet of comic books and science fiction i did Mm -hmm. i've been reading comics since i was very small child and always dug marvel like Batman a lot, but recently with the new 52, I haven't liked it as much. Sure. Um, 
But yeah, I've always loved Marvel comics, and I think the one that I read the most actually was Thor, because mm-hmm. that was always my favorite superhero. I was like, oh, here's these people that are supposed to be gods, but having like real-world problems, and I always found that kind of fascinating. But also, they were like fighting aliens in space and like meeting <laughs> Beta Ray Bill and things. So, you know. Right, right. Yeah, good old Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, me too. Definitely as a kid, I loved fantasy and science fiction books. Um mm-hmm. And I think that's why Thor is so appealing to me because I, I have fantasy has a very special place in my heart. Um, so I like love Lord of the Rings and want to do an AO costume at one point, sure. at some point. Um, so yeah, definitely. And I, I would do like really elaborate Halloween costumes with the help of my mom. Mm-hmm. So kind of in the back of my mind, I, I always really loved these other worlds and really enjoyed dressing up in these other worlds as a kid. And, it took Kristen kind of dragging me along and say, yes, yes, you can still do this as an adult. You can mm. still have fun. You can play dress up. You can play dress up and be the pretty princess you want to be. <laughs> what was your favorite uh, costume for Halloween? I've had a couple. It's, uh, I have to pick one. Um, I did a cat from the musical Cats mm. when I was like seven because I loved cats when I was seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with my mom's help, we put together... Like a wonderful Broadway accurate cat's costume. And so even though it's kind of nerdy, uh, I loved it so much because it was really like what hit me as a kid. And it was so perfect and looked like it stepped off the stage that that one is always going to stick out in my mind as a favorite costume. Um, I don't know. Oh, crap. What is the name of that movie? I get We did it for... Doomsday? Yes. yes. Doomsday. I did Viper from Doomsday. And I really liked that, actually. Because yeah. I had porcupine quills all up in my hair and we did that one together and so we had like the crazy makeup and chains and everything it was awesome that i liked it was for a haunted house and we were kind of we did the makeup for everybody and then kind of sat around outside promoting things and freezing cold weather and like no clothing scowling at people scowling at people (laughs) and jumping around like maniacs Uh, well this this leads me to another question i like to ask and that is uh, how much of the character do you feel is in the costume and how much of it do you feel is in the posing and performance that's a good question um i don't want to say 50 50 yeah i'm i'm inclined to say 50 50 uh i feel like for me personally Mm -hmm. i kind of need the costume to get to the performance like um the the my favorite amora um I'm very much not like her usually. I'm not that femme fatale character. But when you put on like the huge blonde wig and the corset and the six inch heels, suddenly you're like, yes, yes, I will eat men's hearts for dinner. <laughs> um, so th- I think the costume is absolutely integral for me to get to the character um, that then leads to the posing and the attitude. Mm-hmm. My diadem actually helps with the posing just because... There's enough weight on it that I have to tilt my head up and look imperious at other people. Yeah, they're just, you can't slump in these costumes. You can't, Mm -hmm. you can't pout. You have to look up. You have to stand very straight and tall. You have, you end up being physically imposing and you can't be any other way. Mm -hmm. Which is great for crowd breaking. Yeah, like I think with my heels and my tiara from toe to tip, I stand about six foot four. And so that's a really impressive figure to cut for me who's normally like five seven mm-hmm. to to suddenly be very very tall and have large spikes on your head um it's just a very impressive silhouette and you have to wear it and carry it a certain way mm-hmm. yeah i find that uh having worn really close or even in a few cases original pieces uh, of costumes how 
as soon as you have it on, you completely understand why an actor made certain choices in playing a part. Because in some ways, it's almost a necessity in terms of what it's doing to your personality or how it's making you pose. Uh, a friend of mine is really into vintage wear, and I've worn like 1920s, 1930s suits, and how they're cut differently. Mm-hmm. They make you stand differently. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not—they don't allow you to kind of be all loosey and schlumpy today, like a lot of modern suits. So. It's kind of like a no-brainer when you look at, you know, older movies or any of these characters in, in whatever example you want to pick. But you just kind of go, oh, well, of course. It's not. It's almost like, yeah, it's partly an acting choice, but it's partly a how else do you play it when you have this costume mm-hmm. guiding your body a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something else I also like to ask about is, is footwear. Uh, you describe these very tall heels. How do you make that comfortable for walking around all day? You don't. Mm-hmm. You just kind of suck it up. You take breaks when you can. Uh you soak your feet afterwards, but yeah, my heels are six inch wedges and the wedge helps a bit, um, cause they're platformed, but it's, they're not the most comfortable shoes, but when you're all dressed up like that, you kind of just go with it and mm-hmm. kind of don't even think about it. Cause you have so much else going on that mm-hmm. you just work through it. And it's usually like two, three days out of my entire year. So I can deal with it for that. Okay. Dr. Scholl's. <laughs> yes. I recommend Dr. Scholl's. Mm-hmm. But wedges, definitely, mm-hmm. if you have the option for a character, it's it's far, far easier. Because for my Lady Loki costume, I did a really tall, rather pointy heel the first year and mm-hmm. regretted it immediately, even though they're really great boots and I can wear them for every day, but three days with about 20 extra pounds of clothing on and mm. it's and trying to maneuver at a convention too you need that little bit of stability that um mm-hmm. wedges give which is nice <laughs> <laughs> you take your comfort where you can get it <laughs> yes very very true uh, i'm also a firm believer in uh, soaking your feet in mm-hmm. a warm jacuzzi at the end of the day uh to uh, ease the soreness uh so i'll hold on that let's talk about lady loki how did that come about um I always liked Loki as a character when I was reading the Thor comics as a kid. I thought it was kind of neat that there's this person who's essentially kind of just mischievous, but also had tendencies to be evil, but would help randomly for no good reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I don't know, reading, like, Siege and stuff, it's just a cluster of what's going on. (laughs) What are these choices? I don't even know. Um, I always liked the character, and... I liked Lady Loki's look, really. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, here's the thing. I feel I would do more male characters if I looked more masculine, but I don't. So I felt, okay, here's a character I like who actually has a canon female incarnation that I mm-hmm. can imitate this costume and do that, which I thought was kind of cool. And did you find any particular challenges with this costume? Um... <laughs> Having to cut out about a thousand separate little diamond things and attach them to corsetry and full leggings was obnoxious. Also, sewing very, very thick fake fur for that long cloak is just awful. A lot of fun fur? Oh, oh, it was awful, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I saw the headpiece over there. Uh, what, what, What is that made out of? Um... The horns actually are insulation foam covered in warbler and sort of bondoed a little bit down at the base to make it smoother and blend in seamlessly. The uh, diadem part of it 
I actually sculpted out a mold, and it's a it's an isomorph base. Mm-hmm. I just filled it with isomorph out of a silicone mold. So it was it was fun to attach. <laughs> And for people looking to make something along the same lines, where would you guide them for starting tips or materials? Um, for that mold, I actually, it was actually pretty easy. I wound up sculpting it because my head is relatively the same size as one of those cheap plastic masks you can get at Michael's. Mm-hmm. So I wound up sculpting it on that that I had glued temporarily to a phrenology head, <laughs> <laughs> and. I just use paper clay because it dries out and it winds up being really hard, but mm. you have to make it thick enough. And for the mold, I just used that two-part silicone putty. You can order it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's a little pricey depending on how much you want to buy. Isomorph is fairly cheap. Um, you can melt it down. It comes in pellets. Melt it in warm water and press it into the shape of the mold. Well, it came out great. Um, and did you did you just use standard uh, what like crayon paint on that, or? Um, it's it's rustoleum actually. Okay. It's it's got a couple coats of about a thousand things. Uh, <laughs> Do you clear coat afterwards? Yeah, yeah, it's got clear coat on it. I'm I'm always half and half with clear coat. Sometimes I know it's a necessity. There's other times where I'm just like I don't like the way it loses shine after a clear coat, so I'll just take my chance, which means of course it'll get touched up later. But... <laughs> It's actually, the breaks. It's um, it's metallic paint, which came out really nicely anyway, with mm-hmm. a more sheer clear coat, but then it's got dry brushing over top of it for the mm-hmm. highlights and shadows. Sure, sure. So you didn't use a, a head cast or a face cast for this at all? No. Mm-hmm. Um, so when making costumes, are do you feel more comfortable with the traditional sewing and fabric end, or do you feel more comfortable with the, well, more complicated molds and such? Complicated molds and yeah. armor. <laughs> I'm a very poor sewer, um, mm-hmm. so I would much rather make armor than ever sew. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with props. I sewed a spandex bodysuit for Harley Quinn from scratch once and decided I'd never, ever want to sew spandex again in my life. Yeah. Well, with something like that, though, well, I guess if you're, hmm, I'm thinking Harley Quinn, yeah. Well, I mean, there are just times where I'm all about, is there a, something base you can buy and modify or dye or paint or something, get you some of the way there mm-hmm. so you don't have to sew that bodysuit, you can worry about the stuff on top of it. But obviously with that, I'm, I can see why you probably would have said that from scratch. Okay. Never mind. Um, okay. Uh, so what has been your favorite experience so far in costume? Uh, at New York Comic Con, I had a father with two little girls um, who were probably maybe five and seven. He came up to me and he said they, they were very, very shy, but they loved my costume and they wanted to take a picture with me. And I mm-hmm. think that was the first moment where I kind of realized how cosplay isn't just magical for me but it's kind of magical for other people because Mm -hmm. i felt like a disney princess then i was Mm -hmm. it was even though i was in a villain costume Mm -hmm. it was still really fun to see two little girls in their own like pretty little pink dresses for comic-con want to be near you and think that you're pretty and look up to you and it was it was a kind of magical moment that i really was not looking for at all Mm -hmm. um so that was that was a lot of fun for me um, actually, it was at WonderCon this year. It was the first year I've ever done a hero as cosplay, and I went as Black Widow. And I had 
a belt pouch attached to the back of me and I felt this tug on it. I thought it was getting mugged, (laughs) but it was this tiny little girl. who was maybe four or five. It was just like black widow, black widow. Can I get a picture with you? And having been very unused to children coming up to me ever, (laughs) it's usually older people who are like, Oh, I appreciate your fabrication or whatever. Mm -hmm. And this little girl was just like, Oh, you're dressed as my hero. So I was like, Oh, that's really, really cool. And it was kind of nice to be able to, dress up and have a child be very excited about it so it's really cool when the kids get into it i mean it's kind of like um what i kind of call like ah, okay my job here is done mm-hmm. you know uh i mean it's cool to have of course the, the older fans who have the discerning eye give you the approval too and even better if you meet the creators or mm-hmm. you know uh actors or costume designers involved but they're all different spectrums of hey you know, you did a good job. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, all anybody wants. I do talk to people who, um, they're all about obscure characters. They don't want to go with the popular thing. How do you feel about that? Would you rather do something that's close to your heart, but you understand that not a lot of people might get it or kind of at least still stay somewhat in the range of pop culture that, you know, people at least not come up and misidentify you as somebody? Um, seeing as I do kind of an obscure villain, mm-hmm. I, I'm totally fine with doing an obscure character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of, when people do know who you are, uh, and appreciate it, you can kind of form conversations with them too, because they, those are the kind of people who want to talk to you about it a bit more too. Um, so it makes me happy when people recognize me, but if people don't recognize the character, I don't mind either because I think the costume is impressive enough that they're at least going to be able to admire the workmanship that went into it. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind doing obscure characters. I still want to do Squirrel Girl at some point, so I should <laughs> <laughs> tell you a little bit about how I feel. Um, yeah, I, I don't care if a character is obscure. If it's somebody I like and it's a costume I want to build, I'm going to do it. And if people get it and appreciate it, all the better. If not, I'm happy that I've made it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Masquerade cosplay versus Hall cosplay? I have never done Masquerade cosplay, so I don't know too much about it. Um, I did it halfway one year at Oticon, and it was not. It was a very large group of people. I didn't have the best time, but it could have been situational, since, again, not a huge anime fan. Mm-hmm. was dressed up as a character I only very loosely knew as a favorite. Um, I might be interested to do it at a different convention if I had time to properly plan, Mm -hmm. I think. I think Masquerade definitely takes more planning Mm -hmm. and a little more... um, A little more showmanship. Timing showmanship, which... I don't know. It could be fun in the right circumstance, but right now, where I am with my cosplay skills, I think I still am trying to get my feet with just Hall cosplay. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, maybe in the future Masquerade would be fun. Maybe we could try it. Yeah, New York this year. New York doesn't do masquerade. Oh, yeah, they're Hmm. Yeah. That's strange. New York, I think a couple years ago, they got rid of their parade, and they... I'm not sure if they've actually ever done masquerade. I'd have Hmm. to look into it. I think their costume contest is kind of... Yeah, their costume contest is a little all over the place. They're not as cosplay-friendly as some other conventions Hmm. are, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think it's hard to do a parade in the middle of downtown New York. Mm -hmm. Um... So yeah, they're they're not so big on showcasing uh, the cosplay. It's kind of up to like 
the individual brands. Um, I know Marvel does a costume contest. I know DC does a costume contest. Um, I know various creators will say, oh, if you're in our co just as one of our characters, stop by the booth. Um, so it seems definitely on a smaller scale mm -hmm. than some of the big masquerades like WonderCon has and sure. um, San Diego has. Mm -hmm. What has been the most challenging uh, or difficult costume or piece? For me, it's absolutely still Amora. Like the because it was such a crash course. It was the first costume I ever did. Mm -hmm. um, so I got the crash course in how to fabricate armor and how to sew. And probably one of the most challenging nights of that costume was actually the tights with the lime green circles on them mm -hmm. because I just had to put on a pair of tights and very carefully hand fabric paint on circles and just layers and layers of fabric paint for eight hours mm -hmm. until it dried. And so I just was sitting very, very still with legs outstretched, holding my breath while drawing these circles because I did not want to have to do it again. And so that was a night of a near nervous breakdown while making those tights. Freehand, yikes. I, I love yeah. them though. They turned out excellent. So mm -hmm. I'm very happy with them, mm -hmm. but it was, it, was a, it was a moment where I was questioning why I was doing this. Mine's a three-way tie, actually, for sewing probably that Harley Quinn jumpsuit. I just never want to deal with spandex. For balance and weight, probably my Lady Loki diadem, but as far as pieces and actual time spent in fabrication, uh, I did an articulated Iron Man glove that was fully wired to light up and allow the person wearing it to have full finger motion, and that was so many tiny, tiny, tiny components and Dremel tooling and cutting plexiglass and making fittings for electronic components. But Why just the glove, by the way? Uh, he was doing, for his costume, a more broke, broken down Tony Stark from a... I forget which. Probably Iron Man 3? No, 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 I think it was for Iron Man 2. Iron Man 3 hadn't come out yet. Oh, uh, okay. Um... It was one of the scenes where he's just in the workshop using, like, the skeletal... I think he wanted to be comfortable. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Instead of making a full suit, also I had about a month to make it, mm -hmm. and then was moving out here. Ah, uh, okay. So, there were limitations involved. But, yeah, that sounds like a chore. <laughs> I have a friend who, uh, he's made Iron Man armor, and, yeah, he, he loves it and he curses it, mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, so what has been, I like to always ask, has there been any, uh, funny or, um, awkward mishaps you've had in costume? Any last minute saves? I've tripped a couple times in the heels, never fallen. Um, trying to think of anything more awkward or funny than just me not being able to walk. I don't think so, actually. I don't. Yeah, we're pretty good at, like, mm. when we leave our room, we're like... We got this. We're not going to have any mistakes right now. We're, we're pretty good at being prepared and fixing anything in the comfort of our own home where no one's going to see us freak out or cry over armor. Just standard time crunch, believe mm -hmm. it to the count. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So you're good about um, doing test fittings and making sure everything kind of works. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I marched around my house in full costume, mm -hmm. uh, making sure I could do stairs and clear doorways. The doorway test is fun. I cannot, in fact, get in a car while wearing mm -hmm. that. No, I can't all. really sit. Um, yeah, cars are no-go at all. Short mm -hmm. doorways. Mm -hmm. And I'm a short person, but I have to... Trees, if you're trying to get to trees. Talk, you have to duck and launch over them. Right. That, that yeah. might be mine. I got caught on the bathroom door for the towel rack. 
I don't know if I ever told you guys no, that. I, didn't, I don't think you did. I was trying to put that on. I attached myself to a hotel towel rack by the horns, and it was a little bit awkward. See, that's I'd say that counts right there. Yeah. yeah. But it was a private mishap. Yes. <laughs> this is something I like to ask some people, but uh, if you see something you want to recreate, uh, such as a Winter Soldier, and you spot that the costume designer made a mistake. I mean, it's a definite mistake. It's not just, oh, that's a weird choice. And do you replicate the mistake to be more, quote, accurate, or do you fix the mistake to make it a more sound costume? Um, it depends. I, I usually go for, like, for the Winter Soldier arm, I'm looking at people's the actual concept art for it. I'm looking at other people's builds of it. I'm mm -hmm. looking at the actual prosthetic and what they've added in post for CG to get sort of just the most well-rounded view of it I can mm -hmm. and then make it... That one, I think, is going to be the most seamless one, I think, that will fit me mm -hmm. for comfortable wear. Um... I'm trying to make it as screen accurate as possible, though. So, For me, screen accuracy is not a problem because the characters that I do have yet to show up in movies. Mm -hmm. uh, Mora hasn't shown up in movies. Black Canary hasn't shown up in movies yet. Um, so I guess for Captain America, which I'm about to do, um, I don't want to cross-play. I want to be a female Captain America. So I'm... Because I'm already not being screen accurate on gender, mm -hmm. I'm giving myself wiggle room that mm -hmm. I'm not going to be panicked or really obsessed over screen accuracy with that one. I think I'm going to do what's comfortable, what mm -hmm. works for me, what looks good on me, um, while still trying to keep it true to the character, but not going to freak out over every little stitch. Are you uh, using the comics or the movies? I think the movie. Since, since she's doing Bucky from the movies, mm -hmm. I think we're doing Winter Soldier movie. Uh, mm -hmm. So it'll be it'll be in the spirit of that the stealth suit is what I'm going for sure. the uh, blue and silver. Um, so it'll it'll definitely be leaning towards the movie, but not totally screen accurate. Sure. Well, it gives you leeway. Exactly. To do that right. How do you feel about the whole crossplay phenomenon? Do you like doing male characters or feminizing male characters or sticking with female characters? I don't know. Um, I personally don't do crossplay, um, and it's. Mostly just me personally. I I am a female. I mm -hmm. identify as a female. I feel like a female. Mm -hmm. If I get to dress up as a character, I want to be pretty and I want to be me and I want to feel like me. Sure. Um, but I think crossplay is fantastic. I think mm -hmm. the people who do it are incredibly impressive. Mm -hmm. um, and so mad kudos to the people who do it. Um, I come down in camp. If you can do it well, mm -hmm. go for it. I oftentimes won't do it because I want to do justice to the character and feel like, all right, I don't exactly fit this idea, so I'll go with something that more fits my body type. Um, if other people want to do it, though, I think it's really cool. Like, for my Bucky one, I'll probably do maybe just slightly, slightly feminized, but since, obviously, a lot of it is just tactical wear, it's the same for either gender. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter as much, and the makeup won't matter as much, really, since most of my face will be covered by either goggles half the time, mask, or both. Mm -hmm. And eyeliner. And lots, lots, lots and lots, and lots of, of eyeliner. eyeliner. Right, right, right. It's like that meme talking about the 
raccoon in the upcoming Marvel movies, and it was just a picture of Bucky and a picture of Rocket Raccoon, and just said, which one? Mm. <laughs> nice. Um, so, what is your favorite material to work with? I love Warbla. Mm-hmm. I, um, I worked with it so much and really fell in love with it, mm-hmm. and I think it's fantastic, and I love painting over top of it, so probably warbling and then painting and doing all the fun little detail work is my favorite thing to do. Um, I also really like warbler. I do like insulation foam for things that need to be hollow and sort of lightweight because you can coat it in warbler if you seal it and it winds up being a lot more sturdy I think since it's I don't know, it's the giant blue sheets that you get from <laughs> the hardware store that they're like the size of that entertainment center. Um, I like L200 too. Yeah, I love L200. That I find pretty fun. Now, do you consider yourselves more makeup artists or costumers? Since I know you are recent graduates of MUD. Um, professionally, definitely makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where I want my career to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would call myself a makeup artist, but costumer and cosplayer for fun and mm-hmm. um, some fabrication for falls into the makeup artist purview too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, probably makeup artist first. I like makeup artistry a lot. I like props fabrication a lot more. So uh-huh. <laughs> um, probably props fabrication for me doing suit builds and things like that is where I would like to eventually end up but makeup artistry is a little bit easier to get jobs in at the moment because you can wind up doing beauty makeup for somebody Mm -hmm. instead of trying to knock down every shop store and be like please hire me now would you rather be doing effects makeup or beauty makeup oh effects 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 it's more fun (laughs) but Mm -hmm. i still like beauty makeup too Mm -hmm. it's a nice change of pace but Mm -hmm. effects is definitely more fun and more creative Mm -hmm. Well, very true. Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I I like trying to learn these things, and uh, it's uh, yeah, uh, it's it's fun, but yeah, it's also a, a learning curve. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's uh, that's the nice thing about being in California. You can you know go to the uh, stores like Cinema Secrets and Amy's or whatever, and just kind of go to town. You know, uh, speaking of which, what would you say are your go-to resources for? Fabric, makeup, etc. Here and in the East Coast, because I have listeners I know on both coasts. Um, just your local craft store for starters. Mm. Uh, Home Depot. Um, my local hardware store out in Pittsburgh is uh, Royers, and I would be there like every other day. Um, other than that, a lot of my stuff actually comes from Amazon um, because Amazon has such a weird variety of stuff that mm-hmm. just spending an hour looking through what they have, you can kind of get some weird things that you wouldn't really think might work for for cosplay, but then you realize they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've actually gotten some odd bits and ends there that I wouldn't have gotten elsewhere. Um, where I lived back on the East Coast, there's just nothing it's kind of the middle of nowhere farmland and rivers and that's it and the west coast has a lot of supplies that we can't get back east they just Mm -hmm. you have to order them from amazon or another internet retailer but yeah the hardware store and autozone have provided me Mm -hmm. with many many creative (laughs) things sometimes scrap piles which sounds a little terrible but you can find some great stuff for original prop work just 
lurking in like the dump. You kind of get it up, good. But. You get good at like looking and thinking out of the box and mm-hmm. trying to view things in a different way mm-hmm. and take them and rework them into how they're going to work for you. Right. Uh, the 99 cent store and mm-hmm. repurposing glasses or bowls or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I always wonder, cause I, again, I, I forget how spoiled, um, we can be out here with all of the different, you know, things sort of at our disposal in terms of effects or mm-hmm. makeup or costumes or fabric. Uh, and I always wonder like, okay, so I've got friends over in Minnesota and then the East coast, like, what do you guys do aside from, you know, internet shop a lot? I mean, is it just a lot of online ordering? Is there some go-to stores over there that are worth checking out that at least you, you at least give it a look, even if they may not have everything you need, they might have at least some basics. I don't know. Yeah. Probably local hardware stores and local craft stores, um, are the go-to. And then for anything weirder that you can't find online shopping, mm-hmm. sometimes the Halloween store yeah. opens up in the mall, but that was like an hour drive and once like one month out of the year. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then it's more looking at things that could be used as bases for mm-hmm. building something up on them. Cosplay or costuming, is there a difference? I would say yes. I feel like costuming you could do for a variety of things, like theater or film or television. Mm-hmm. And all of that could be done by, obviously, a costume department and seamstresses. And versus cosplay seems to be more of a passion, I guess. Yeah, thing. I think it's the word play that sets them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, costuming, there's kind of that implication that maybe it's for work or a very specific event and cosplay it's more of a hobby mm-hmm. um it's more for fun it's more because you love it it's more because you want to put yourself through all the madness and the hard work i think they can intersect though yeah because obviously i mean costume play the costume is there yeah so and definitely connected but hardcore costumes do. yeah mm-hmm. slightly different feel but interwoven uh, what is your number one tip to anyone starting out? Work hard and save up your money because this is a really expensive hobby. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are ways to cut corners if you have to. A bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just if you really want to, don't give up. It's going to be yeah. hard. You're going to make mistakes, but just learn from the mistakes because everything you're doing is a good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be long and hard. You're probably going to cry over it at some point. Uh, you're may burn your fingertips while trying to form things with hot glue and, uh, heat guns, but just keep at it and you'll learn so much. And the end result is worth all the hard work. And wear safety glasses. Yeah. Wear safety safety glasses and respirators and gloves. It is not worth singeing everything off or you can get to the point where i am and i just don't have temperature sensitivity in my fingertips yeah. anymore <laughs> you don't worry about having like super glue fingertips i get that all the time uh it happens i just wait for it to come <laughs> depends what i'm working on <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i've been there um what costume projects are currently on your docket i mean we talked about winter soldier captain america is there anything else even if it's just i want to do that one of these days beyond dr doom which we also talked about yes we probably both have like a list of two dozen so we can probably narrow it down um what i'm working on and have on the table at the moment is i have a huge chainmail order coming in the mail to do uh lagatha from the show vikings okay um so i'll be having a crash course in chainmail 
Um, I'm also hoping to do Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently I'm trying to work out. There's some foam and some bike brakes on my desk right now uh, because I'm trying to work out how to do a rod puppet to make a dragon. Uh, two foot dragon mm-hmm. is going to sit on my shoulders and I will be able to control it with my hand. Um, so that's, that's this project for this week is seeing if I can make a puppet and then start sculpting it. Wow. Um, Sorry, that sounds very BBC, but okay. <laughs> it does. It's, I'm, I'm definitely inspired by like Jim Henson and mm-hmm. kind of the old school, uh, like Jim Henson, the storyteller. Mm-hmm. That's was one of my childhood loves. And so in the back of my mind, I'm like, I really just want a really cool movable puppet to, uh-huh. for this to, to work. The Hans, my hedgehog one still freaked mm-hmm. me out so badly. <laughs> it was downright disturbing. Um, I, I plan on doing Rough Nut from How to Train Your Dragon. Because it just looks like a neat costume to me, and I like that character. Um, I'm also working on Keely from The Hobbit to go with my one friend's Feely. I'm going to run around like the dwarf bros that we are. Nice. And nice. oh crap, I'm doing a couple. Winter Soldier. Um, I'm redoing parts of my Lady Loki costume because I have decided that I think I want to do it in leather mail. Which is a bit of an endeavor. I also want to recast my diadem. And I'm also looking to do Helga from Vikings to go with sort of our group. Yeah, we got a Vikings group. We got a couple people who want to do characters from Vikings. So we'll see if that actually pans out. But regardless, I'm making chainmail. Now, are these uh, all, I mean, are they staggered out over certain events? Or are they all going to collide together at like one big con? How are you going to... I mean, usually it's hard enough dealing with one big costume. Yeah, dealing with two is always very tricky. Probably going to depend. Right now, Captain America and Bucky, we're aiming for kamikaze. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got time on those. Mm-hmm. The others, I think we don't really have a schedule for. We're going to see how how far it takes us to get into them and how long it takes and go from there. Mm-hmm. I'm doing Valkyrie at NYCC oh, yeah. and probably also Keeley and Lady Loki. And those might be my three... I might do Ramona Flowers as a teardown costume again, though. I have not decided on my New York Comic Con. I know Amora is one. Um, well, we have to. It's a tradition Yeah, it's now. a tradition now. And we'll see if Captain America is done from New York Comic Con. Mm. Uh, and see if I can get the shield transported back across the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I need to transport that item before that. Yeah. Make the horns pop off. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm so used to local conventions mm-hmm. that, yeah, the idea of having to take it anywhere beyond Vegas is very tricky indeed, yeah. I guess we drive back. Drive back or ship it? Yeah, but heat-sensitive thermoplastic. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take some logistics. We're really we're really lucky that we have a couple months to figure this all out. Mm-hmm. Well, at least hopefully you won't have the same problem I did when I shipped hats to England for a uh, Doctor Who convention. And it got stuck in customs, so I had no hat. Oh, oh no! Yes, and uh, and then they and then basically they were going to charge an arm and a leg to get it out of customs. So we just said return to sender, and then by doing that, okay, we don't pay those horrible customs fees. But it took like I think two months for oh, it to get back geez. to me. That is awful. Yeah, I mean at least I have it. Hats are back. Yeah, They're safe. That's good. It's all good. That's all that matters. Yep. And uh, made it work. And a friend loaned me a hat for one character, and I just I was just hatless for the other. So it was. Which character did you do? Oh, uh, I was doing the fourth Doctor. Oh, okay. Uh, cool, cool. Tom cause, Baker. Because I was meeting Tom Baker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he didn't always wear the hat, so it mm-hmm. worked out. And then I did the seventh Doctor, another part of the con, and okay. a friend loaned me a hat for that. So, cool. yes, it all 
Mostly worked in. <laughs> oh, and, and sorry, and the fifth doctor, same thing. He doesn't always wear the hat. Exactly. So I got away with that. <sighs> yeah, they, uh, that was the con where I think I regenerated five times. Because <laughs> five, five of the doctors were there, and I had to get my photo with each of them as oh, the doctor. And yeah, that was... Quick changes. <laughs> a lot of quick changes. Yeah, I think I spent only one hour in one of the costumes. But, oh, wow. Yeah. You know what? Elizabeth, we have not talked about yes. your costumes. Let's tell me, how did they come about? Um, well, since Kristen kind of dragged me into the New York Comic Con the first uh, year um, with saying, I know you like Amora, you can do it, you're blonde, just do it, um, I, that's how that one came about, um, because I really liked the character, and uh, I basically just sat down then, turned on Earth's Mightiest Heroes' background noise to get some inspiration, nice. and just started at it, and had no idea what I was doing, but did it. Um, and from there, I then kind of was like, I want to redo this costume. So I've redone my armor now. Um, and about probably six months after New York Comic Con, I already had a list of like 20 characters I wanted to do. Um, so then Black Canary was probably the next biggest one that I did. And that one was a lot of found materials and not a lot of me trying not to sew as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, that one's actually a lot of fun to do. Um, I also do, uh, we do Scott Pilgrim, Kristen does Ramona Flowers, and I do Envy Adams. Um, mm -hmm. The theme of my characters tends to be tall blonde girls, and I, <laughs> I can't imagine why. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, I just basically now have a list of characters that I want to do, and um, we kind of like working together and seeing if we can have characters together mm -hmm. uh, who will match. And I think about half of ours do. Yeah, because I did Poison Ivy to your mm -hmm. Black Canary. So yeah, we'll have like DC days, and then we'll have Marvel days. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have a second Marvel day when she does Bucky and I do Captain America. Mm -hmm. um, we'll have three. Well, I'll three have Marvel three. days. Yeah. I need another Marvel character to match Step her Black Widow. I don't know. It's either... It, I really like the character Mockingbird, mm -hmm. but I don't like her costume so much, so mm -hmm. I'm a little torn. I really like the character, but I'm not quite sold on the costume. So Kate Bishop? I could do Kate Bishop. Or I could do female Hawkeye. Um, Hawkeye is all good. Hawkeye is Miss Marvel? I don't know. I do like Miss Marvel. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've got some ideas to try and see if I can match her Black Widow on one of these things, but they haven't... They haven't quite materialized, and I think I have a big enough list of to-do before I get there that I should probably finish some of the other ones first mm -hmm. and then do that. We still have to make that Sif costume for your sister. Yeah, we really <laughs> want to get... Since we have a good Thor group already, we, mm -hmm. have, um, we have somebody who does Thor, and we have somebody who's done Kid Loki. Uh, and my sister would be a perfect Sif. We just have to convince her to do it and mm -hmm. make her the armor so that... She won't have to do it herself. She'll, right. she'll do it. She'll do it. She'll do it if we make her the armor. Tempt her with the mango iced tea. She'll do yes. it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people I know who uh, they're happy to put on the costume, but they, they don't put the time into it, which is fine. There are those people because after a while you're trying to fill out a group and they're happy to still enjoy it and mm -hmm. do the floor, but you know, they're not, they're not the makers. They're not the builders. Mm -hmm. They're just happy to be the actors. Um, the players and cosplayers, so, yeah. Uh, but that's cool. Um, I, I have some experience with Black Canary. Which version did you do? Um, I think early Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. um, again, I wasn't trying to go for comic book accuracy sure. uh, with any of them. So just as long as the fishnets were in place mm -hmm. and the gloves, I was happy. Um, so, yeah, that one's really fun. And 
was so much so much nicer than slaving over armor uh, mm-hmm. to do. We threw those together pretty quickly. Yeah, too, we had we basically moved to LA. Uh, had a friend say, "Oh, well, you got to come to Anime LA," mm-hmm. and we went. We're not doing. We're not doing the full no. Lady Loki Amora for a small convention that we have to drive 45 minutes to. It was just too much. Mm-hmm. I just cannot fit in cars. Yeah. We can't do cars, and we really didn't want to have to get a hotel, so we kind of brainstormed, figured out what characters we liked and what characters we can do in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so in two weeks, we threw together Black Canary and Poison Ivy. Nice. I did that tear down casual Black Widow that yeah. I'm not very proud of. People thought I was Kim Possible, which now I guess I should do Kim Possible, but it was interesting. I feel like you don't want to fight the casting on that one. People are So, so I, I often do ask, did you get a common misidentification? So yours was Kim Possible. Yes. I think it was the fact that I made the belt buckle and it was not the greatest. I made it the night before and I was mm-hmm. like, oh crap, it's the missing component I don't have. And mm-hmm. nobody could really see it from the front. And the pouch in the back didn't match. That was like a utility belt pouch. And... But, hey, Kim Possible was pretty cool, yeah. too. So. I sometimes get misidentified as another Loki, as a Mora. Yeah. I think it's yeah. just the horns and it's just the people don't know the character. The mm-hmm. giant curly blonde wig. I, yeah. I get misidentified by people who just haven't realized that Lady Loki is a canon character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you know Loki's a dude. I've seen so many people do this. And I kind of want to be like... No. Stop. Stop now. <laughs> I will school you on comics. Well, that's because, yeah, there's a lot of people who just seen the movies mm-hmm. or yeah. they only read a certain era of the comics, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I've been I've been corrected on certain things, too. My, my knowledge only goes so far in the comics. I think I stopped reading around, I don't know, the early, mid-90s. Mm-hmm. So. We all have. I get corrected on X-Men because I just can't keep up when it crosses over to multiple titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nope, it's a, it's I'm, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. What is the most important thing you've learned so far in this hobby? I think I learned that I can actually buckle down and do things like this. Mm -hmm. I I really, I knew I was a creative person, um, but I never really knew that I could actually sit down and pound out this stuff and really enjoy it too. So I think I found that I like this and I'm good at it and want to keep doing it. I'm actually not sure. Probably some safety tip about making sure you're not neglecting to wear a respirator while sanding insulation foam. <laughs> oh. Safety first. Yes, mm-hmm. safety first. Sa- that's the important one. Um, where can people find you online? Oh, Facebook at Villainous Creations. We have a Tumblr. Um, we each have personal Yeah, you can Facebooks find us for our business. Individually. Yeah. I have a website, www.elizabethbursick.com. Um, mine's www.kasmithmakeup.com. So. Otherwise, Villainous Creations on Facebook and Tumblr and uh, Instagram, I think. Yeah, and, and we, Twitter. we have a Twitter, too, yeah. We're across the board with social media. If you search Villainous Creations, you can find us. Probably awesome. Tumblr has the most on it. Tumblr and Facebook. Tumblr and Facebook are the two that we take the most care of. Because <laughs> Instagram confuses me and Twitter is just... Can- Twitter confuses me. <laughs> I'll make sure to put these links up in the blog post. <laughs> uh, so does this mean you take commissions for other people? Uh, yes. Yes. Happily. Like, Feel free to contact us mm-hmm. if you want some crazy armor. Um, we like armor. We're good at armor. Yes. So if you want some armor... Come give us armor. 
really, really sewing heavy projects. I know I'm not looking to take on right now. No, mm-hmm. me neither. Sewing wow. is sewing is probably my weak point. But armor and props fabrication, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Things like swords and guns, all that. Swords, guns, armor, crowns. We're really good yeah. at crowns now. <laughs> <laughs> Still want to make Thranduil's crown. Mm-hmm. Wear it around the house. All right, that's Doctor Doom, Iron Man, mm-hmm. all the above. Okay, all right, very interesting. Um, what do you feel uh, is the importance of the makeup and wig to a costume? Oh, I think it's really, really mm-hmm. important. Um, like, I would not want to roll out my Lady Loki costume looking like this right, right now. now without the. I think the makeup adds a layer of sort of intimidation almost, which is necessary to the character for me, mm-hmm. for that specific character. And the wig is just maintenance, too. Mm-hmm. Like, even though we have the same hair color as Loki and Amora, trying to curl your hair and poof it out for eight hours a day in California heat, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Just wig, it's going to be look way better and have a bigger impact, too, because you can kind of push that reality with it. I do not have thigh length long blonde hair uh so having having it be a little more um beyond normal just adds to the character and adds to kind of the the fantasy of it all mm-hmm. and my natural hair texture is loki's when he's in prison in thor too so let's just <laughs> a wig is necessary for mm-hmm. me I, I, my hair isn't long enough for that character it's not flat or shiny enough and trying to put in hair extensions would be way too much time, so wigs are the far simpler option. It's like you don't realize how important the wig and makeup are mm-hmm. until you try the costume with them on, and then suddenly you're like, yeah, they're kind of small things that you don't really think about until you see it all together, and you're like, yes, this is a thousand times better and more put together. Where do you get your wigs? I personally love the website Gothic Lolita Wigs. Mm-hmm. Um uh, that works for me because I tend to do characters who have very long, curly, kind of fantasy, poofy hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're one of my favorites. I've gotten mine from a couple different places. Um, there was a place called, I think it was Epic Wigs, that I liked. They were very cheap wigs, but they served their purpose and were a nice quality that could be heat-styled, which I thought was cool. Um, Gothic Lolita Wigs has some really nice ones. Other than that, I've used some Forever Young wigs that have the skin top part, if it's something that I know people are going to be seeing the top of my head for. Very cool. Uh, And then do you go and get them styled especially, or do you pretty much have Um, them out of the box? I try and find things that are very, very similar, at least, so I don't have to do too much to them. I've, I've cut and styled probably two-thirds of my wigs. I've sewn wefts into my Lady Loki one, mm. which was a pain, but... Yeah, I try and get as close as I can, too, and then just kind of minimal styling with bobby pins, hairspray, maybe cut trim a little bit. Uh, style as needed, but I don't do too much crazy on my own styling. Yeah, I had to cut bangs into mm-hmm. my Ramona Flowers wig, but it wasn't... that wasn't too difficult, thankfully. Alright, so any final thoughts? Uh, just really excited for the upcoming con seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we're out of school, we have a lot of free time, so it's like, yes, I can actually sit down and 
put a lot of work and thought into these costumes and can't really wait for uh, Kamikaze and I guess NYCC are the two big ones coming up for us. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for NYCC, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for Kamikaze since we haven't been. I'm really interested in seeing what that convention's like and looking forward to WonderCon next year, actually. Yeah, I we had a lot of fun at WonderCon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was very nice in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And there was fireworks at Disneyland, which yes. was kind of cool. <laughs> it was an added bonus. <laughs> see them from the street. Yeah. No, it's both a blessing and a curse that it's right by Disneyland mm-hmm. because there's all the nice stuff over at Disneyland. If you have the time and the money, that becomes an extra thing you can do. But you're also fighting the Disneyland crowd. Yes. <laughs> doing things. Yeah. But no, WonderCon's a good time. I had a really good time there. Actually, I didn't even do a WonderCon podcast this year, probably because mm-hmm. I, I, there wasn't much to say that it, it was just a good time. Yeah, it was fantastic. No mm. complaints. Yeah, mm. yeah. A lot of good friends. Uh, that one, mm-hmm. I have one complaint. That that guy on Thursday night. Yeah, we had one was, creeper. That's one kind of a. It's rather inappropriate. Yeah, person. you kind of get used to it as a girl going to conventions, especially if you're doing sexy characters, yeah. and and you kind of have to roll with it. But it's definitely one of the downsides to conventions. Yeah, it's one of the things I don't think is right or appropriate no. for people to do, but. But I'm it does glad happen, that, just report it to the con staff. And yeah, I'm glad the conventions and good people in general are starting to take notice of it and just not put up with it. So I think it's been an inevitability of con life, but I'm hoping that that's changing. What are the, uh, the girls that dress in the Thor? Yeah, the, the girls who dress as oh. the Thunderettes. Yeah, They're the, the girls who dress as, um, like, female Thors. And mm-hmm. uh, they actually... Stamp out convention. Will, <laughs> yeah, they will actually stamp out convention creepers and stand up for other girls. And I think that's fantastic. They're I love all, seeing... Like, they look like Amazon. Yeah, they anyway, look like they could kick butt. So I love <laughs> seeing other girls taking care of other girls. I think that's fantastic. What, uh, what he was just following you around too much? Or he was... Yeah, being... following around too much, making some inappropriate comments. And Doing that... Trick where people write their phone write number their on their phone hand number and, and are like holding their phone over your chest and yeah, I know you're trying subtle. to take a picture of my boobs. Please stop. Yeah, uh, I've never heard of this trick. There's wow. there's okay. no shame to yeah. what guys will go to for conventions sometimes. Just anybody sometimes. Yeah. It's yeah, it's awful because it winds up giving all men a bad name. Yeah, when like probably ninety eight percent of the guys at conventions are totally fine, totally like, fine and wonderful, and it's just every now and then you'll run into someone who is not. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you you think this is a a side effect of um, convention life because there are certain well, I mean, I hate to say it, but sometimes there are stereotypes for a reason. There are certain you know guys who are into nerdy things because they are socially perhaps not quite as adjusted as other people. You think that's kind of what's going on, or? It's just the influx of girls at conventions? What? I think a little bit of both, and I think it's just a side effect of our society, too. It just mm-hmm. comes out a lot more at conventions because there's so many people there, and there are people, and a lot of the female costumes are drawn sexy. And so when you do an accurate character, mm-hmm. you end up being in a sexy costume. And I think a lot of guys think they can get away with it at conventions, too, because they're so big, and they're kind of anonymous, and it is hard to find help if you actually really need it. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That I, I think it's just idiots are gonna be idiots mm-hmm. pretty much until somebody tells them and actually catches them in the act. Hey man, that's not okay. Um, mm-hmm. I like what some of the conventions are doing with the cosplays, not consent mm-hmm. posters they're putting up, mm-hmm. saying that. Because I know at WonderCon, I actually had a girl approach me since I was wearing my Black Widow outfit, which is has decent amount of cleavage. It shows some skin. 
Um, but she had approached me about, she said she was, she was a younger girl. She said she'd done Black Widow a few years ago and had someone treat her extremely inappropriately and did not know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. And I wound up talking to her for probably a good 20 minutes about just find the people at the convention that run it, the staff members, report that person. There's no shame in it. And there's no shame in being rude to that person either. I think a lot of people are shy and or don't know how to react with it. And so if somebody's rude to you, you don't owe them an ounce of respect. You can turn around, you can yell at them, you can tell them to not touch you, not say things to you, get help. Don't be afraid to to let your feelings be known and get them away from you. And then if you're in a place that's maybe less crowded, maybe move to a place with more people. Um, Just try and find someone even if you don't know that person, maybe just be like, hey, somebody's bothering me. Can I just stand here? Because the majority of people are nice. So mm-hmm. if you're yeah. looking for help, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Somebody will help you out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, heroes need to help each other, right? Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even the villains yeah, need even to the help villains. each other. <laughs> <laughs> villains and heroes united. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, um, I think that's it. Great. Yeah, so, cool. uh, Elizabeth, Kristen, thank you for being on. Yeah, thank, thank you for, for having us. us. And we'll be back with more Shop Talk next week here on Costume Station Zero. 